Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I have extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. So where we are today is we are at this precipice, right? This moment where energy begins to infiltrate discordant frequency. That means what? That means frequency that have been overlaid over frequency that have been sitting there being repeated over and over and over and over by humanity, by the choices and the way we choose to perceive and think and act in our world structure. So there are all these amazing high-level frequencies that are infiltrating 
literally going in and creating what we call a wave energy. Now, a wave energy on a planetary scale that creates a lot of what we see today because when that frequency comes in and a lot of times people want to go oh my god things are getting so bad they're getting so horrible oh my god i can't believe what's happening is just getting worse and worse and worse it feels like that but if for women who pretty much know about contractions when they're having children they understand that in order for birth to take place in women they go through these cycles of contractions right and so until they begin to ovulate and ovulate and begin to open and feel more energy coming through their being so when we when we understand that right when we understand this level of of coming through it's it's women have gone through those periods where when they go through ovulation and when they go through birth and contractions they go through all of those experiences so when a woman ovulates right it's she's releasing um her egg and it's going down into the utero wall to be fertilized but even that is an act of surrender right and then the body is constantly going through this this internal surrender and when that happens it is allowing her to be open to be seated to be able to create life but if she's not then of course she goes to her menstruation cycle which is the what we call the moon cycles and moving into that place of cleansing well when we go through any form of birth and change there are certain things that are happening there's surrenders happening which is like connection to women and what they're experiencing and for men we go through different periods where we go up and down in our emotions but we don't really show it because we try to hide it and suppress it because we don't want people to know that this is what's going on in our internal landscape but women can feel it because they're empathic and we also need to stop hiding it so we can start processing it with the beautiful people that are around us who are here to support us in our evolution as well but let's get back to what i was saying before so these frequencies that are coming through right are the same frequencies that are moving energy in life but when there's so many overlappings of energy frequencies that are in low frequency or should i say discordant frequency so remember there's no hierarchy when i say discordant meaning that they're not in harmony so when the frequency that's coming in that i talk about higher frequency when i say higher i want you to understand meaning in higher means representation of frequency love energy right so frequency love energy is higher intelligence higher intelligence means that it's cooperating it's it's merging it's connected it's harmonious and this energy then creates an amplification of that energy to be created from that energy source so when it goes into this coordinate energy it hits the discordant energy and the discordant energy starts going through a rippling effect almost like a wave like if if you were to see like a wave like if you were to take your hand and kind of make like a wave like when you're outside um and you're in a car and you're just letting your hand go out the window like that like you're riding the wind it's that kind of wave and that wave right the, every time it curves and bends and goes up again and goes down again it creates what is called a pattern relay so it sends out these waves of energy through all the entire planet and people and the and the earth and then it comes back 
and it relays back into the frequency and then the frequency does it again. So every time it relays back to the frequency, the wave becomes even stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So what's happening is it looks like things are getting worse and worse and worse. But what's happening is it's doing that. And every time it comes back, the reason why it gets stronger is because it's breaking apart all of that intense, you know, energy that's that it's called trapped energy, right? Which is uh, fluvia, negative cellular trapped energy, which is existing in all particles, uh, substances. This energy field that is that's combined, it's like clustered. But when that wave relay comes back, it becomes unclustered. And every time it happens, it becomes more unclustered. That means that every time there's a turbulence on our planet because of that frequency, more people are going to wake up. That is what I'm talking about here. You see, the great conjunction, okay, is very important, very important because the conjunction is the action where the events that are occurring at the same point and same time of space are interacting with all the other events that have occurred in other multidimensional experiences. So everything gets polarized that is that is not in harmony to the one frequency that is coming in, which I talked about, which is causing that wave, which is that love, that harmony, that 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 just completely cohesive synergistic um, energy that doesn't have heaviness to it, right? So whatever is causing heaviness in you emotionally and whatever is causing heaviness in you mentally is actually being affected right now to be released. So when things are showing up right now, instead of you going into panic and like fear and like, you know, and throwing those emotions around, just simply go to, okay, we're having a spiritual earthquake right now and it's going to be going on for a while. And this is what the blackout that I talk about in Spirit Hacking is about. And this is a, this is a time for us to be able to bring in that frequency that is coming in and causing that disruption to the frequencies that have been discordant and begin to break those clusters apart so that it can begin to smooth out. So at first, the earthquake's intense, but then it starts to die down and then it goes back. And then that frequency is the one that lays in place and the other one has been clustered and moves and disperses into other energy. And that's the cosmology of the universal field. And so as we are experiencing this cosmology, this energy resource, which is pretty awesome if you ask me, right? Because the cosmology of this resource is so powerful that we begin to go into recognizing how the the branch and the energy that are branching into one another simultaneously right is is really supporting the, the urgency of our evolution not from a, po- a point of fear but from a point of this is how it's got to be you know it's like this is the way it is evolution is evolution right and you know and so when we understand you know what it means to really understand that cosmology we recognize that it's the scientific study of the larger scale properties of the universe as a whole and it's recognizing the interlinking and the the way that it's all being created and connected and then you know expanded so so what we want to understand is that 
the study of the physical universe doesn't just happen in the scientific understanding, it happens in the spiritual understanding as well. So there is a spiritual cosmology that I'm speaking about, which is very similar to the scientific cosmology that they look at when they're observing, understanding the theoretical and developments that are taking place on enormous strides from, you know, how things have happened for like two, four, five hundred years, right? And literally, when we understand that, then we understand that a lot of the mental, physical cosmologies have to understand the spiritual cosmology, which is the definition of expansion through the awareness of being comfortable with the the quake or the earthquake that we're experiencing in the spiritual realm. So the earthquake that we're experiencing on the physical realm is also connected to the spiritual realm. So the spiritual realm is earthquaking frequencies for us. And then we actually, because our two worlds are connected, we're feeling it in this dimension. So when you see all the hate and the racist issues and the the fighting political stuff and people and their dictatorships in their countries and the, 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 the dualities of poverty versus rich and this and that and all the things we see about, you know, what the government is doing, what are these secret groups doing or whatever people are talking about today, which seems a lot of information that they're talking about. What they don't understand is the reason why all of that is happening is because of the frequency relay that's taking place from the ripple that is going out and affecting all of us and then coming in and then getting stronger and then going out with the stronger wave and affecting us even more intently and more intensely, (laughs) intent and intensely, and then coming back and going in and coming back and going in until it becomes to settle. And that's when we enter into the golden age that has been spoken about by shamans and mystics and Norsodamus and all kinds of amazing people, you know, throughout history, right? But in order for the golden age to come, the, the referencing point of true evolution is to allow the earthquake to shake out the things that it no longer needs to be on this planetary uh, experience. So that means that if things are falling apart, stop complaining and let them fall apart because what's falling away needs to go away. And that way, the the shedding of the skin is more easily accepted than you trying to hold on to the natural functions of evolution and its shedding of the skin. Because the only reason why you're holding on to it is because you're afraid because you've had attachments to it, either emotionally or mentally on some level, you know? And that's why people are having things taken away from them. Like, you know, in LA, you've got the fires that are burning people's homes and things and releasing and earth is burning right now, right? The burning. We look at the burning and we look at the fire element. Well, in, in African spirituality, which is where my shamanism comes from, we understand that fire is the great perceiver. It is the one who's able to perceive in all levels of consciousness and the flames that move in all directions can see in all directions. And the fire being the great perceiver is actualizing the definition of that which is no longer necessary to make space for that which is coming in. So the understanding of the fire, yes, it's horrible. Yes, it sucks. Animals are dying. Yes, it's all these different things, but spirit doesn't look at it that way. Spirit looks at it from the point of the cleansing and purification that is taking place where it needs to take place. Regardless of how you choose to perceive the rippling effects, um, you know, how how it affects us on a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level, 
The only reason why you're getting upset and getting riled up is because you're literally reacting to the earthquake instead of just letting it shake away what doesn't need to be there. Like imagine if you're just shaking away, shaking and shaking and shaking and shaking and everything that in your life that doesn't create harmony and unconditional love and joy and pleasure and elation and bliss and everything. I mean, that means your labels. That means your materials. That means your friends. That means the people around you that you've been holding attachments onto emotionally are being shook so much. You're getting shook, okay? So that those things that are that fall away, don't for them to stay. Don't hold on to them. If something goes away, let it go. That you, we make it very easy for creation, source, God. Jesus, Allah, whoever it is that you associate as the creator, we make it easier for the angels and for all of our ancestors and God at the core level to really show us heaven on earth or the possibility of heaven on earth if we stop fighting the flow, okay? Stop fighting the flow. I I gotta say that to you because we fight the flow, The flow, everything is flowing. Rivers flow, the wind is flowing. Everything is constantly flowing. And then we get to us as human beings and we choose not to flow. We fight the flow. We don't allow spirit to take apart the things that are not serving us, to let it fall by the side, fall by the wayside, let it go. We're so holding on to the idea that these things are actually giving us some form of security when in truth, they're really not. And the essence of the romantic essence, oh, let me just get into that, okay? That right there. The romantic essence. I just want to pause for a moment with a smile on my face of the, oh, oh, that feels so good. So good, right? The romantic essence of the way in which we show up with presence, with creation, with nature, with animals, with people, with ourselves. Uh, I, I think I'm literally having a spiritual orgasm right now. So just give me a moment to just pull myself together from the joy and elation and bliss that I'm feeling running through my body right now. Ah, I feel so good. Yes. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. It's like what we are actually requiring in relationships in our with our spouses and our mates, you know, is actually the thing that is actually beyond just the relationship. It is literally the way of life. It is the romantic, you know, experience of life, the intimacy that goes beyond intimacy. It is the intimacy of not just the intellect, but it's the intimacy of the feeling. And it's the intimacy of the observance as the witness and the intimacy as the one who is experiencing through this wonderful experimentation of life. So again, the way that you, like, you know, I was saying to a friend earlier, you know, you can have this amazing orange, right? You peel this orange and it's like, Smell it. Smell that orange. Don't even bite into it yet. Don't even don't even get into that space yet. Just take the orange and just smell it. Smell the orange. Feel its texture. Feel it. 
Oh, just feel that. Mm, that's experience, right? Feel that. Smell it. And then take a little bite, not a huge bite, a little bite so that the juices can just mm, coalesce in the mouth. Just go into the mouth, into the tongue and the citrus and the mmm. And just the wetness on your lips and just feel what that feels like in a human body. And then take another and just feel the juices on the side of your mouth and the citrus and just mm, that orange, the smell of it popping in the air and the, just the, the smell of the citrus going up into your nasal passage and opening up those places in your brain, releasing those chemicals and into your body. And all of this magic is taking place. And that is what it means to have intimacy. Intimacy is not being sexual with someone. Intimacy, it is the absorbing the ultimate levels of, of creation and pleasure within the most simplest thing to the most largest thing in the experience of it without needing to analyze it just to experience it like when my girlfriend kisses me on the lips I feel the warm soft lips hit my lips and the sensation of energy swirling into my body from that one kiss it goes right into my heart and just, oh. And then the words that follow, I love you, baby. Oh, that. And then the moments when I'm outside and how to ever question the idea of the awareness of creation when the wind is blowing through the leaves where you see creation saying hello and you just feel that. Take it in. Smile. Laugh. Touch your body. This is intimacy. When someone is talking to me, I'm breathing and I'm on their words. That they're, I'm feeling their body, how they're positioning their body. I'm looking into their eyes, into the depth of their eyes. I see behind their eyes, this soul, this powerful being of light looking out from their eyes, this intelligent being looking out from their eyes. And I see the network of information moving through their cerebrium cortex and the medulla oblongata. And I see the fires firing off in their synapses and hitting those electrodes and bursting new information through the waves of those synapses and moving through their body and the way their mouth parts when they say words. And I'm on every single vibration, octave, sound, movement, lexicon, all of it coming through. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, wow, wow, oh yeah. That is what I live for in choosing to come into this embodiment. But when someone is acting and saying things that are not amplifying it, I don't get into that. <laughs> right? What? Why? Why don't I get into that? Because again, like I said, I know that that's the earthquake. That's the, that's the, 
that's the um, stuff coming off of them from the earthquake that's happening in the spirit world that's affecting our physical world, the world of dreams into the world of 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 of, of density, right? They're, they're, they both exist in they both exist in the same plane. You just can't see them unless you are willing to be open to the dream is real as much as the experience of life. I mean, and so when we see that and we understand that, we begin to reference an understanding point of if I see that stuff coming off, I'm not going to respond to that. Mm-mm. You, you see, the reason why I won't respond to it because I don't want to bring energy to it. I, I know that th- this rippling effect is happening. And so I know it's happening. So I know the vibrational frequencies and waves that are happening. So I know when someone is saying negative things or acting out or screaming or yelling and, oh, I don't like this thing. And, oh, I don't like this thing. And I this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. It's all the stuff that's just coming off of them. It's all the sediment. It's all that stuff just coming off of them, sloughing, just, you know, just sloughing off of them. It's kind of like when you go to a spa and you get like a really cool, like um, body scrub and they're just sloughing off all that dead skin. That's how I look at it. So I don't put energy on it. I'm like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, I hear you, of course. Mm-hmm, yep, right, yep, mm-hmm. And I get to decide if I'm going to listen to someone sloughing off their dead skin in front of me in their conversations or on the phone or on their Instagram or whatever it is. I honestly, if you ever go to my Instagram, you're not going to hear me sloughing off anything. I'm fact, I'm just going to be giving you Uh, more and more information so that you can see more and more of who you are and remember who you are. I don't have time for all that other stuff. People are like, how come you're not writing about this? And how come you're not talking about the politics? And how come you're not doing this? And how come you're not doing that? Because I don't get involved in the human affairs of discord and chaos. I observe human beings. I observe myself. I observe all things going on, including the birds and the tree and the wind and the sun and how someone walks. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do is people watch. And a lot of people don't realize that if you are a people watcher, which I'm sure you are, then you are an observer of life, which means that there is a part of your being that is very fascinated by the human species. And let me tell you, there's a reason why you're fascinated by the human species, because you're meant to observe, not react. And that's what I do. I just watch everything. I'm like, hmm, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're for this. Oh, you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you're lying to me right now. Okay. I'm just let you lie. Go ahead. Do your thing. All right. Oh, you're getting angry. Okay. You're getting angry. I'll just let you do your thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're, you're saying things that you think I am. Okay. Well, I'll just let you go ahead and, you know, go on with your visions. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, none of these things that anyone is saying or doing or saying to you or spouting out of their mouth has anything to do with the true reference of, tr- of truth, which is that you are a divine being of infinite potential and that your being can soar to greater heights, uh, heights that go beyond that which human beings are even capable of understanding with a third finite mind. And that all of this other stuff that people are saying is just old residue from, from their ancient parents, 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 parents who are trapped in deeper levels of the matrix, which as you know, is a system that doesn't really really require you to be a person who's able to not react because they want you to react because they need you to react because they get they build their power on those reactions and i'm not gonna give it to them i sure am not gonna give you a reaction today i'm just gonna sit here and play 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 
I'm just gonna sit here and stay, stay, stay in a place of observation of you. I'm just gonna sit here and stay, stay, stay. I'm just gonna sit here and play, play, play. I'm just gonna sit here and stay, stay, stay in observation of you. I'm not gonna get involved, no human nonsense. I'm not gonna get involved in no type of conflict. I'm not gonna get involved in anything but love. I'm just gonna sit here and play. I'm just gonna sit here and play. Yeah. I know a lot of people have been asking me, where's all your songs that you used to sing all the time? I I think you've become a little too serious. Let's let's just do a little uh, flashcard here. I'm never serious. And if I am, please come and shake me up. Because that means I've lost my gold. You see, the thing is, I'm not going to be serious because this planet isn't serious. Nothing serious about this planet. This is literally, um, how do I say, a masquerade ball, a masquerade ball of mass proportion. And I mean, tell you, uh, it's not a very serious place, even though people pretend to wear costumes that are very serious, but it's not. So don't fall for that. So the best thing for you to do is to always keep a lightheartedness about everything. I mean, everything. I mean, everything. It's like, literally, I remember my father passing away. My sister was going completely crazy. She's like, oh my God, dad's dying and blah, 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 and this and this and that. I was like, okay, that's her experience. And that's how she chooses to perceive and understand separation and death from the human body, from another person and the attachments and the memories and all these things that play into what we call the human context, right? Again, I find that when you are operating in that level of consciousness, um, you can get pretty pulled into a lot of things. And honestly, I don't need to be in the human context because I'm not necessarily best suited to just be like thrown around and tossed around and, and then thrown into mud and then tarred and feathered and then like kicked and screamed at and yelled at and all these different things just because... I want to free my brothers and sisters from their own chains. Mm. You see, there was a one thing that I remember when I first left heaven to come to earth. I remember meeting with all my friends and all the people, including all of you. And I remember saying that you do know where we're going and we all elected to go there to help our brothers and sisters remember who they are. And in that process, we have to go in and take on the frequencies that kept them in that, what you call you know, low uh, vibration, which means like uh, distant from love. And we, some of us will fall in and start believing in that reality. And some of us won't. And for those who do, um, you know, we are not going to forget about you. It's just plain and simple. We won't forget about you. I'm not going to put myself in a situation and come to a planet knowing good and well that I could fall into the very frequency that my brothers and sisters fell into and end up under the shadow of disillusionment and not remember that I am a child of God with infinite potential and power and energy and resource and then go into this place of I'm nobody, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this and not set up a plan for other brothers and sisters to find me and wake me up 
But the question here is, it's not about the wake up or the shake up, because that's going to happen anyway by you watching and observing me, because I will make some people uncomfortable because I am never going to follow the rules. But here's the thing. In the wake up and shake up, what we do need to recognize in that whole thing is one thing, which is this. I don't need to get beat up to wake you up. I used to do that. Like I used to get killed and murdered and stabbed and, you know, burned and all and drowned as a witch and all these other lifetimes where I've experienced all kinds of torrential, tormenting ways of death and um, experience from people who got really mad at me for wanting to wake them up. And vice versa, I did the same to others. People who wanted to wake me up, I killed them and did horrible things to them as well. And the reason why I'm laughing is not because I think it's great to kill someone or do horrible things to them. It's just funny how we as human beings don't realize that we're eternal. So we actually kill and do all these things. But in the spirit world, we don't really have the same viewpoint of it that humans do because humans are very attached to emotions and memories and Oh, that's my child. Oh, that's my father. That's my mother. That's my husband. That's my wife. That's my boyfriend, my girlfriend. I'm a dog, my cat, or a bird, or whatever, a reptilian, whatever type of animals you like to have. Some like tiger, like the tiger king. He likes a lot of tigers and stuff like that. You know, just had to throw that in there. But the point I'm making is this, is that all of those attachments and all of those relationships to emotions and all that, it literally on the other side, we don't have that because we know that, oh, got killed by my friend who I'm trying to wake up. Okay, I'm going back, going back, get me close to them again. I'm going to go for it again. And then, so I realized, you know, because I've been here so many times and I was here in the very beginning and I'm just like, oh yeah, I will keep doing the same thing. It's very fascinating, you know, and uh, we keep wanting to find ways to like, in, to let things become more like making us the bitch, you know, like technology and all these other things. Like we are not really sitting back and going like, hey, let's let's build things that interact with us and enhance us. So we can interface with it, but we're still operating in our in our resource consciousness. And then we keep creating things outside of us that make us feel codependent. And I've seen this for a very long time in, in civilizations that I've lived in, in different bodies, male, female, animal, you got it. The point I'm making is, is that through all the different eyes that I've been in and all the different brains that I've had and all the different body sizes that I've been through, and either I walked up straight or I walked on all fours, the point I really remember, which is... Do I need to get my ass kicked to just wake up my brothers and sisters so they can recognize how powerful they are and we can like, you know, wake up all of everyone and we can all go home into the fifth dimension and ascend? Do I? No, I really don't. So here's what I figured out. Here's like my, what I realized and like the spirits that came to me, they're like, you don't need to fight anyone. I don't? No, you don't need to fight anyone at all. And if people get mad at you, just watch. That's just the stuff that's sloughing off of them. You don't even need to respond to that. Wow, doesn't that take off like a huge amount of weight off of you? I know it takes off a huge amount of weight off of me, so it must take a huge weight off of you because the idea is this. I don't need to fight anyone. I'm going to give them the information, share it with them, lay it in front of them, hear the tools, hear the things to help you remember that you are this magnificent, powerful, amazing, lit leader of legacy. And if you can't and you want to argue and you want to debate with me, and you want to call me names and get mad and say, oh, you're this and you're a quack and you're crazy and da-da-da-da. Well, you just go ahead and schloff that stuff off. I'm not responding. I'm not reacting. I'm not caring about it. Because I've decided to remove myself out of the human condition of nonsense and just be an observer. And when you're ready, I kind of just push it over to you and be like, here you go. I have a report for you. Here you go. Here's your report. This report was going to basically show you how to have relationships and how to build this and how to do that. 
Oh, you want to learn how to um, access energies? You want to communicate to the trees? Here you go. Here you go. Oh, you don't believe you can communicate to the trees? Well, I'll just hold that report for you when you're ready. Um, anyone else? Oh, you want to learn how to be able to move energies for healing and this and that? Here you go. Here you go. Here's the report. Oh, wait a second. What? You want to argue with me and you want to tell me this and that and the other? Okay, well, maybe you're not ready for that. It's okay. That's all right. No problem. Love you. You see, because the thing is, we're all resources of infinite proportion. But we don't have to keep throwing our diamonds on the floor. And when someone gets mad and throws it back at us, we get all butt hurt. We don't need to get butt hurt because someone threw our diamond back. Maybe they're not ready for a diamond. Maybe they're not ready for a ruby or an emerald or a gemstone or whatever it may be. Right? Maybe they're ready for dirt and rocks and stone and hardships and pains and suffering and yellings. And, oh, it's your fault. And, oh, I hate you. And, oh, the color of your skin. And, oh, my God, I hate your sexuality. And, oh, blah, 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 blah. Because that's basically what it sounds like in the spirit world. And the spirit world just smiles and loves them. And that's basically what it's about. So my whole idea is to just love as is. Love as is. That's it. Just love as is. Oh, you're not ready for it? Okay, fine. No problem. Oh, you don't want to change mom and dad? That's fine. You don't have to. Oh, you don't believe in what I'm doing? That's okay. You don't have to. That's okay. But you get to decide to not be a part of that human uh, turmoil and recognize that we are having an earthquake. It may not be the earth shaking, but it is the spirit shaking from the other realm that is affecting this realm. So you are getting the ramifications and repercussions of that for the purpose of growth and for the purpose of evolution. So be happy, rejoice. Be like, oh my God, everything's falling apart. This is fantastic. Honey, can you open up our best bottle of wine? Uh, The world is falling apart and this is really good. That means the new world is now coming in. Oh my God, everything is falling apart in your life. Oh my God, let's go celebrate. You lost your job. Yay. Your partner left you. Oh my God. Everything is falling apart around you. Yay. Oh, your, fa- your father passed away. Oh, he, wanted, he went back home to heaven. Yay. Congratulations. I love, I love hearing that. That's great. So he chose he didn't want to be here anymore. You'll see him again. What amount of grace does that bring? Think about it. Just think about it. Love you. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hey, Tribe. So this next Tribe share is from... Priti Singla, and she has penned down a poem that she would like to share with all of you tribal members, since she's a tribal member. The name of her poem is called Soul Calling, and you can find her on Instagram um, as Preeti, P-R-E-E-T-I-S-I-N-G-L-A. Love you, tribe. Soul calling. Let the light in you shine through. Listen to that inner whisper to let the magic splitter. Don't clear the tear in the eye. Let it fall and rise. Fall apart to come together. Get into the dark only to shine through. Let loose in the present and reach back home to the soul. 
Listen to that inner voice that has been calling all along. The air, the water, the plants, the animals has no ethnicity. Love is the only universal language and humanity is the only religion. Nature has just turned a page just to bring us all on the same page. Surrender to the divine is the mantra and gratitude is the prayer to shine. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, Tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I am so happy that you are alive and thriving and living and experiencing the magic that is being restored on earth from the old world and really connecting with our off-worlder brothers and sisters and all of the beings that are here right now to assist us in this soul gathering where we actually step from the transition into a higher frequency. And so everything that's happening right now on the planet is literally making that transition even possible possible because it's pulling all the sediment and all the stuff that's been stuffed under the rugs and not talked about and hidden from society and bringing it to the forefront of our consciousness so that we can clean up the collective shadow and really step into the fifth dimension in the most beautiful and the most like loving and the most nurturing and most profound way. And the cool thing about it is, is that each and every single one of you are lit leaders of legacy. You are the litty committee and you're not here to put up with nonsense. You're not here for anything other than just 
holding the frequency of unconditional love and acceptance and helping each other to remember who we are and wake up magic on the planet again. And I'm so happy that you are doing that, living that and breathing that in every moment of your life. And speaking about happy. I am so happy to have a powerful sister who is a cosmic goddess who's in studio with us today. Elizabeth April is a cosmic intuitive channeler who has the ability to go into other realms of dimensions and to gain access to information and vibrations through visuals and deeper understandings and bring it back to the tribe, to the people, so that she can be able to communicate the messages that are coming from the hidden and behind the veil and, and all the beings from who are off world who are assisting us to stepping into that great place of ascension. And it is such a great honor to have someone who is so about the spiritual awakening aspect and really also not about holding down that nonsense of fluff and enough, but really bringing about the, the true cosmic interchange, which is really getting out of codependency and stepping in to our majesty, our divinity, and who we are as these sentient uh, beings who are sovereign beings of light. And I'm just so happy that she's holding it down with truth and honesty and integrity and just authenticity. So thank you, Elizabeth. Welcome to Ancient Wisdom today. Thank you so much, Shaman. I'm very excited to be here and share a little bit of my light and truth with your people. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I just saw like a unicorn gallop across the room, literally. It's just like <laughs> really beautiful. Okay, so I just want to go into, you know, like your path, your journey, where it started and how you came upon being who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So right now I'm 28 in this incarnation and I was born with extrasensory abilities, which basically means that I was born with the ability to see chakras and auras and ghosts and spirits. And, you know, even at a young age, I was talking to interdimensional beings without actually knowing that I was talking to interdimensional beings. So, you know, luckily for me, my entire lifetime has been about awakening and how to kind of push the norms of society, but then also how to fit in. So, you know, I was bullied um, in school, in elementary school. I was my own unique little butterfly um, until I had to get into the education system and realize that maybe I was a little bit too unique. And, uh, and that's when I started to really kind of shut down a lot of my natural gifts around the age of 10 years old because, you know, I just wanted to be normal. I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to have friends. Um, and that's when I really went into the physical world. So I started doing a lot of sports and athletics and, you know, in my mind, I thought that that's, that's what I really wanted because that's how other kids accept you is if you excel in sports and, and at a certain point in time around the age of 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, I had everything that a 16-year-old would want. I had a good home life. I was getting, I guess, decent grades. Um, I had friends, you know, I had it all in retrospect, but I was missing that spiritual aspect of myself. So I started to really deep dive into a depression, lots of anxiety, a lot of restlessness, and I really started to seek out answers at that point in time. You know, really forgetting my past and my childhood, I went to doctors and psychologists. I went to my high school teachers. I went to my parents. I went to, um, I even went to a priest and I said, okay, 
you're the authority figure. Tell me, you know, what's the meaning of life? You know, why are we all here? There's got to be a greater purpose. Um, and every single time I was met with blank stares and disappointing answers. And so finally, it was through my dad, which is kind of surprising because he's Catholic and an engineer, um, but he ended up taking a course in university uh, that's past life regression. So finally, you know, at the age of 16, he's like, you know what, um, would you be open to trying a past life regression? And I said, okay, cool. Like, let's get into it. So in about an hour and a half, we went into five past lifetimes that I was in and it blew my mind. In all of these past lifetimes, I was in a position of being a philosopher, a teacher, a healer, a channeler, a shaman, you know, even believe it or not. And in every single one of these lifetimes, I was in a position to give uh, information. And finally, at the age of 16, I realized that that, once again, is my purpose in this lifetime. So I ended up stealing my dad's past life regression book, and I started doing past life regression on anyone else who would listen to me. And that's actually, when I was 18, how I ended up getting uh, friends in university when I went away. And I was like, hey, do you want to see something cool? Do you, have you, do you think that you've ever lived before? And I would go in and put them into a trance-like state and show them their past lifetimes and wake them up the same way that I was reawakened. And so that was really cool. And at a certain point in time, I no longer needed to put people into the trance because all of my psychic abilities started coming back to me. Lucid dreaming, astral traveling, remote viewing, telepathy, channeling, claircognizance. I mean, you name it, it was all coming back to me. But if you asked me if aliens existed, uh, you know, I would say I'm, I'm sure there's life out there on other planets, but why would they bother with us? Why would they be here right now? You know, really, truly, I mean, we are just this lowly, you know, third dimensional, insignificant species floating through space, right? And so, of course, my reality was shattered once again when I went away to a 10-day meditation retreat, also at the age of 18, and on the second night of meditation, I was fully consciously abducted by interdimensional beings. And all of a sudden, this opened me up to a whole world of, oh my goodness, if we've had past lifetimes on this planet, if we've been, you know, male, female, old, young, different cultures, different, you know, religions, then what if we've been other beings off this planet? What if we've been on other planets, in other dimensions, on spaceships? And that's when I started to do a lot of deep diving and exploration for interdimensional beings and even my own lifetimes off this planet. And that's when I started communicating with the Galactic Federation of Light and uh, beings who are actually in assistance and helping the planet at this time evolve, ascend, and move forward. And that's when I started to realize that, wow, human beings are far more powerful and significant in this greater universe than I ever you know, originally thought. And some of those answers that I was asking um, have finally started to come through to me. So that was all back when I was 18. Um, I'm 28 now. So I've been channeling and communicating with interdimensionals and floating around other dimensions uh, for about 10 years now. And that's how I got here today. <laughs> it's really a beautiful story, by the way. And it's a lot of, I love your story and I love the transparency of it. But I also love you know, the, the nuances that I've also gone through in my life as a shaman and, uh, and going through the elementary process and everyone thinking, okay, uh, you're kind of weird and freaky and, 
you're seeing colors and you're seeing these, you're seeing these energies and you're seeing these beings standing in your front of you, in your room at different times or in the bathroom or, you know, just different experiences of us connecting beyond the senses that were told to us in, you know, in what we would learn in school as the normal senses of touch taste, yeah. hear, and feel, but we realize that those senses extend further out into the, the hidden planes, or I call it the indivisible fields of, of that people aren't yet fully accessing in their awareness and taking full cognitive response for. And I really love that. And I also love the whole understanding of the ETs. You know, I think it's really important because a lot, you know, for me, when I was young, I was always told by, you know, beings who always connect with me and tell me that I was from Andromeda. Actually, I remembered I was from Andromeda and the hybrid of a reptilian and that I would come into um, that energy of, you know, people wanting to discredit reptilians on the planet and make them be these evil beings when in truth, we all we do is go in and restructure, um, you know, technology to support people to expand beyond you know, their greatest possibility, but we, we, but in the process, because people love their chains and ropes, they get mad at us and they think we're doing evil things to them. And they think that we're trying to control them when we're actually saying, Hey, we're just trying to pull you out of your chains and give you the wisdom to be able to do so. And you're fighting us and think, and, and wanting to demonize us and make us these, these villains. Mm-hmm. And so being in a human form again, and being fully aware of who I am and why and what and what I am here to do, and being able to have someone like you with me here is uh, is a really beautiful thing, truly beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's really interesting, actually. So the main species that I identify with, I mean, of course, we're all. I believe that we're all hybrids. We're all interdimensional, and our cosmic identity is is vast, right? I mean, we haven't just been one; we've been many. Yes. So you know, but the the main one that I I resonate with is actually the Greys, and just like the reptilians, they have been so demonized. There are so many negative stories out there about the greys, you know, abducting human beings and taking their organs against their free will and all of this stuff. And I feel like in so many ways, I've put myself into this human body, this human form to try and soften the blow a little bit of the perception that, you know, what humans have in relation to the greys or other other species out there that have been demonized. And ultimately, I truly believe that there are good and bad, high vibration and low vibration, every species all throughout the universe, right? Just like human beings. If, if other beings, intelligent beings out there looked at the whole species of humanity and said, well, they're all corrupt, you know, just because they were looking at the top 1% um, doesn't really paint a good picture of humans. Same thing with the greys, same thing with the reptilians, especially now there are so many uh, reptilian beings who are fully awakened and really helping um, basically the battle that's going on behind the scenes right now. They're really, really helping us move forward and kind of dismantle the old world, just like you mentioned in the intro. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting too that you that you identify with the Greys because when I was a chancellor in Atlantis, mm-hmm. I the Greys were the ones who came and was bringing technology to us. Yeah. And and we, you know, one of the things that I've been dealing with on the planet is that it is in my belief from what I've experienced when I was a pharaoh in Egypt with my, my girlfriend who is Princess Marta now, who was Tula when I was Seti, you know, she and I used to give a lot of, uh, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know how you say it, like 
and I don't say uh, payment, but not like payment, but more like giving to the to the grays to give us to be able to have the frequency so that we can access people's consciousness and so forth and maintain a level of control over like the Israelites and so forth. And and what's interesting is that there, the, you're like, and I'm glad that you actually brought that because like not every reptilian is coming from the highest light and you're right. And not every gray is coming from the highest light because it's there. It's again, it's, you know, there's all these different beings and some of them have chosen to operate in the idea of subjugation and control and so forth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, there's a lot of grays that have, um, that have created a lot of the systems of government that we see today and have learned how to use frequency to access the consciences of humanity to to make it so that they continue to stay in this procreate kind of like insular uh, insulated kind of way but separated kind of way and it's interesting because um there's all these different beings that are who are who've turned against and i don't even say turned against because like even my guys right now in the room are saying don't use the word against but like let's just say they've aligned themselves to the Galactic Federation of Light, of the bright, great uh, white sisterhood and brotherhood, and really got into a space of, of what it means to really be devoted for us shifting this planetary kingdom into the realm of light, whereas the other beings want to open up. So this is the sixth, so this is the sixth planet in the solar region that if they can get this planet to come into full dominion, they can actually open up a black hole and pull this universe into another universe. And the beings of light are going, no, let's leave this universe alone and let this become the star kingdom. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting what's playing out right now. Don't you think? Absolutely. And really, you know, I've gotten the same messages over and over again, that as humanity ascends and awaken, uh, it's, it's affecting every other species out there in the universe. Like it's a ripple effect and yeah. it's pretty mind blowing, especially to those who are just awakening to realize that, wow, human beings are really that powerful. Like, wow, you know, this planet is really, we, we are the, we are the tipping point, right? In, into one parallel universe or reality uh, or another. And it's up to us collectively with our consciousness to co-create the reality that we want to step into, that we want to live in. And I truly do believe that we're going back to the ancient times of Atlantis. And that's why a lot of people are waking up to their memories of Atlantis and Lymeria to bring that kind of utopian back, maybe without some of the corruption, because there was a little bit of corruption in Atlantis. Yes, there sure was. Yes, there was. They, I mean, I, I mean, I remember when I was in Atlantis, I, and I was a hybrid even then. I was very tall. I was like seven feet tall. Yeah. And I was a chancellor who, feel, you know, who would feel into people's true feelings and motives and ideas. Yeah. And that's what I did in Atlantis. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting was how there was Atlanteans, even though we had such a beautiful way of life with the windmills and the way we, we, we pulled water into the stones to bring the, the, the sounds through the holes of the stone to create all of these different pressures to be able to work with the different energy frequencies and so forth and our intelligence of, of, of telepathy and all of that, we still needed to, they still feel like they needed to get more technology. And that is the, where I saw the corruption. It was this, it was this endless need for curiosity that led into the, into that great, what you call it, I would call it fall because it kind of was a fall in a sense. But, but really when we look in the Bible, we look at the story of Noah's Ark, they're talking about Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that really brings up the question of, you know, how much is enough? And I think that as human beings, we struggle with this on a daily basis. And I always find that at an individual level, you know, someone's awakening either comes from the place of you have so much in your life physically in the third dimension world that you're missing something, which is how my awakening, my reawakening kind of happened. It's like, I have everything that society tells me that I need to have. So why am I still so unhappy? Why am I still Mm -hmm. so depressed? Or your awakening comes from having nothing at all. You're at the bare bottom of, you know, you're the bottom of the barrel. You've got nothing left to give. And that's when you realize that you can change your reality, right? So we really do have to assess this question of how much is enough. And, you know, the more that we feel content and not complacent, but content in the present moment with what we do have, no matter what that is, and we realize that that is indeed enough, Um, that's when we can relax. That's when we can fully surrender to the energy and vibration of abundance. And so I hope in a lot of ways we go back to the utopia of Atlantis, but we also um, neutralize the vibration of needing and wanting more um, because that's exactly how I saw Atlantis fall as well. And also just just the corruption of the the hierarchy as well, the hierarchy system. You know, um, we need a more open system. We really do need to reform all areas of society. And that's why I truly believe what's happening right now is happening for a reason so that we have the space to reform. Yes. You know, you, you speak so eloquently and so poignant. And I think it's so important for, for you as a woman who's chosen to incarnate in this, in this feminine body to be able to have your voice speak in the way that you do. It's so beautiful. I just want to honor you for a moment Aww, and just take a you. breath. I just want to take a <laughs> breath in, in honoring of you. <sighs> so refreshing. Oh, Yes. Yeah, exactly what you said. And I think, you know, I think that there is this this awareness that people have, you know, kind of been kind of stuffing down a little bit because they haven't they haven't been really looking at the idea of what causes that vacuous hole of need. Yeah. Right? Yep. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, the distraction is the number one um, biggest separating factor between a human being and their own soul. And when you start connecting to your soul, you're connecting to the pure source of the universe, right? I mean, we are a fractal of pure source. So a lot of the times we have this gap, we have this void, we have this anxiety, we have this, you know, depression. And, and nowadays, I mean, talk about distraction, whatever you want, it's at your fingertips, whether it be scrolling on social media or watching Netflix or binge watching you or whatever, you know, yeah. there's, there's a distraction out there. And, and I find that, you know, so it's, it's not good to distract because you're just filling a void, right? You got to ask yourself, what void am I filling? But ultimately, if we go kind of one step further into the awakened community, which is obviously the community that we're speaking to, um, there's a lot of disempowerment that's going on right now of, okay, well, you know, in my next plant medicine ceremony, I'm planning on having an ego death. And it's like, okay, so what are, what's the work that you're doing before the ceremony? You know, okay, well, all I watch is Shaman Durek and I love his stuff because he has all the answers. Okay. Well, what answers do you have? 
Yes. Yes. There's a lot of incredible teachers out there, um, not to discredit the work that we are doing, but the best teachers are seriously just a reflection of your own vibrational frequency. So even, you know, today, anyone who comments and says, oh my goodness, Elizabeth, you know, you're the one that I've, I've been looking for and you answered all my questions and you're amazing and brilliant. And I, I always try and respond with, I am just a mere reflection of you, right? Yep. I am no yep. different. I am no special. I am no higher. Mm. You know, if you think I'm cool, just like you, you know, if you think Shaman Dirk's abilities are cool, you can have that too. Yes. You have to go you have Woo! to be searching. Yeah. Ah, yes. Oh my God. I love you, Elizabeth. Yes. <laughs> I'm always saying like every time when people like will say to me like, oh my God, thank you for helping me. I'm like, I'm so glad that you said that to yourself. Or they'll say yes. like, oh, thank you for everything you do, Shaman Dirk. And I'm like, um, I'm so glad that you're acknowledging what you do. And then yes. like, I'm always telling exactly. people like we regurgitate and we reiterate the same thing over and over. Like it's great. Yes, you and I exist and we're here to hold that wisdom yes. key to open up those doors of yes. possibility for people to see. But there's a point where people have to get out of codependency and get into their autonomy and sit on their throne and start bringing in the new symbols, the new healing techniques, the new lexicon, the new languaging, the the new colors that we have not even opened our consciousness or opened the part of our brains to be able to perceive. Yeah. Because we keep going with what's in front of us. And I think that's, that's the fallback. I think that's the fallback uh, where we are in, in our way of evolution because in evolution, we're, we're roping ourselves into this, into this, this, this nonsense of, I have to look for the golden calf. I have to look for the guru. I have to look for the, the hero instead of realizing that and we can't move into fifth dimension because human beings have this idea that they're just going to go to sleep and one day they're going to wake up in fifth dimension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I literally, I have friends who like, I remember with the Art Ashtar command. Yeah. In the early in the, in the early nineties, and they were like, "Ashtar Command is coming. Are you ready to go? It's time for our ascension." I was like, uh, "Ashtar definitely is here, yeah, and so is all of the ascended masters." Mm-hmm. But they're basically saying like, uh, "Like you guys are way codependent. Like you need to be the ascended masters. You are the masters that are ascending and lifting the planet's veil so that you can lift this planet into fifth dimensional consciousness of unconditional love, acceptance and true freedom and liberation. People think they're going to ascend when they have labels on them. They think they're going to ascend when they hold on to these, these tribunes of, 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 of heroism, uh, heroism for the idea of transmitting, uh, you know, darkness over light in this basic dualist, uh, dualistic uh, stance field of, you know, God versus the devil kind of consciousness instead mm-hmm. of realizing that, None of those things antiquate ascension. None of those mm-hmm. labels of gay, straight, bisexual, trans, this thing, that thing, all of these things that the matrix itself set up and created so that people could fall into their boxes. And yet, how are you going to send all that density? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you're basically just summing up polarity, moving from polarity consciousness into unity consciousness. Yeah, right? synergy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, I, you know, 
totally agree with just everything that you're mentioning. Like we have to get away from the labels. Like even in the, just like you mentioned, even in the gay community, it's like, why can't we just all be fluid? Like we've all been different genders before in past lifetimes. We've all even been different species that are genderless in past lifetimes. I mean, why do we have to put a label on it? Um, even my diet, you know, I said someone uh, to someone the other day, and they're like, oh, so are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? And I said, <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't fall out of my chair right now. And I said, you know, my diet is intuitive. And they're like, what do, you, what do you mean? And I'm like, I just eat what my body wants. And like this light bulb went off in their mind. And they're like, what? That's possible? Yeah, it's possible. And it's not a doctrine. You know, it's not, you know, it's not a dogma. It's not a practice. It's not, you just listen to yourself. Ultimately, that's just what it is, you know? So it's just, it's really funny how giving that power back to people is almost like a shock factor, but we can't blame people for wanting to um, identify with someone or look up to someone or have a teacher or mentor, because that's how this whole society has been taught that there are authority figures and we need to listen to them and you're not the authority, right? And so it's, we're changing an ingrained system that has been going on since Atlantean days, you know? So it's, it's definitely, it's difficult, but the more and more, just like you mentioned, um, we awaken the individual and the individual awakens themselves, uh, the more and more we have these pieces of the puzzle, right? No one frequency on this planet is like the other. I mean, we're all source frequency, but um, at the same time, we all have this signature to us. And that signature is meant for something on this planet. So the more that the person says, oh, you are my savior or you are my teacher, and they disempower and discredit themselves, the more and more they're actually um, repeating and feeding into the polarity consciousness on this planet because they don't believe in themselves. So that's a Mm. big part of the awakening is just moving from that mindset. Mm. You know, and you said something uh, that just really caught me where you're talking about the whole polarity and the whole mindset. It's the understanding that human beings are looking for something to identify themselves with and, and hold as what, you know, what they say. And it's funny because you talk about signatures and in shamanism, we have signatures that everything and every living thing has a signature. And inside that signature is the building frequency codes that builds the bridge that unites us to another dimension wow. where we act. And so it's like, there's this inter, um, intercommunication grid inside of us that holds the frequencies and codes that that unlocks our portion of that bridge and so as each of us step into that place of liberation liberating ourselves from attachments and labels and genders and roles and all these ideas that like you know even for me like I have friends who are who are dark skin and they're like aren't you mad at white people how come you're not making comments on Instagram why aren't you doing this shaman Derek I'm like um because I have been a white person at one time and I've been an Indian woman I was an Asian concubine I've been all kinds of things I've even been a saber-toothed tiger you know You know, and I, and I, so it's like, you want me to, you want me to, to, to play along with the biological spacesuit and make this biological spacesuit, uh, the, my main distraction versus focusing on the, on the, 
the palatable, real, tangible um, movement of energy that is surging through us all the time, which mm-hmm. is this divine energy of love and playfulness and, and creation, the ability to create new frequencies. You want me to focus on old frequencies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I have the same response when people are like, so are you into Trump? Like, who, who are you? I'm not, I'm not American, but like, you know, who are you into? Or do you follow Q? And I'm like, no, I don't follow. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't choose a side. You know, it's not about that. If you think it's about that, then you're feeding the polarity once again, you know? And I actually just made a statement the other day in a video and it really resonated with people. So I'll, I'll remake the statement, which is, the more reaction you have to polarity, the more that you're feeding the polarity. So if you think that your neighbor who's a Trump lover is an awful person, you're feeding the polarity. If you Mm -hmm. think that your neighbor who's a Trump hater is an awful person, then you're feeding the polarity, right? Don't get caught up in either side of no matter what it is, light or dark. Being 5D is being above polarity. It's not Mm. all butterflies and rainbows. People assume that they hop into 5D. Life is great. Their bank account is soaring. And it it could, you know, being in 5D, it really does shift your uh, physical reality into a higher frequency. So things are much better, but it more so shifts your, your perception. You're yes. still going to stub your toe. You're still going to drop your glass of water and it's going to shatter everything. You're still going to live a 3D life, but how are you going to perceive the experiences that you're going through and you can perceive them from a, a higher level, you know, above the, the polarity, above the victim mentality, above the judgments and the attachments. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. 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 Tribal leader. Yes. You know, it is, it is so true because I always tell people too, like when people say, Oh, thank you for teaching me. I'm like, I'm not teaching you. I'm help. I'm just guiding you to remember. Yeah. They're like, no, you're teaching me. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm guiding you to remember. Yeah. I say the exact same thing. I say, um, I'm just reminding you of what you already know all the time. Yes. And that's what every single person is like, you and uh, you have to meet Elizabeth. You both are like, like walking, like need to be like doing things together and collaborating and all that because it, my love, it's so true. And the thing is, is that the, the essence of, of humanity, they keep wanting to hold it in a container so they can understand it and analyze it. And I'm like, every time you analyze something, you are actually buying into the energetic field at that moment that's actually really fluid but you're actually stopping it in time and and taking ownership of it and making it your reality and then when I hear people say things like oh you know I'm gonna go through this ceremony to to destroy my ego and then I hear the spirits go to me well if they do that they're really not gonna know who they are because the ego is the one that's creating the world that you believe and that's not playing in duality it's just going oh you want things to look ugly fine here's the ugly you want things to be nice here's the nice you want people to you, you believe the world loves you then here's the love it's just it's just taking whatever you as the creator is creating and making it real for you. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, you know, I spent about two years between the age of like, 
19 and 21 trying to destroy my ego, right? So I woke, I had this huge awakening. I realized aliens existed. I'm doing all this astral traveling and, you know, checking into, you know, hidden human, you know, history timelines. And I was just really opening and downloading quantum physics. And it was fantastic. Um, And then I'm like, okay, cool. So the only thing stopping me is my ego. So let's just get rid of that, right? So I spent two years literally trying to squash the very essence of what it is to be human which is that emotion, which is the fight or flight, which is the reaction. So I'm like, cool, I could do without that. Let's just go right into source. And so during that two years, I lost all my friends. I lost all connection with my family because it didn't make logical sense. Well, why would I spend this time with this one individual who in this moment is a part of my family when in reality, they're just another soul and we're just incarnated together when I could spend you know, this one hour with you know, 10 people or 10,000 people and, and, and awaken that way. And so I really just lost all connection. I became a robot, essentially, trying to get rid of my ego. And at the end of it, I had so I had way more issues at the end of that two years than I had going into it. And what I realized and understood now is um, the ego is not a bad thing. You, we, first of all, we can't get rid of it. And secondly, to master this reality and therefore to ascend into fifth dimension frequency, we need to master what it is to be human. And we can't suppress it. We can't get rid of it. We can't cut it off. We have to work with it. So what I love doing, and this is, this is like what I've termed it, I term being human playing the game, right? So someone, you know, someone will come to me and they're like, well, you know, I have to go to this family gathering and all they're talking about is politics and religion and all this stuff that I'm not interested in. And I said, okay, but what you're doing in that moment is you're holding a resistance frequency to being in that moment, right? So either don't do it because you're doing it through obligation or do it and fucking love it. Play the game. Be okay with talking about politics. Ask yourself what you're um, learning in that moment. What are you accessing? Are you just being a human, enjoying, you know, your family time? Like, you don't have to. If you're going to be there in resistance, don't be there. But what I love doing is even in moments that we have, we have obligations to pay our bills and obligations to water our flowers or whatever it may be, but we can transmute that frequency of obligation and take full responsibility and full conscious power over that to say, cool, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm going to be present when I do it. And I'm just going to play the game, right, of this human frequency, of this human reality. And once you start playing the game consciously, rather than holding resistance to it, you start loving your human existence. I always stop and smell the flowers. I always sit there with my cup of coffee and, you know, enjoy just taking those sips, you know, I really am in the present moment with my human now. And, you know, everything that I do, even if it is through obligation, like paying the bills um, or cooking dinner, you know, I really enjoy it because I enjoy playing the game because I'm not resisting it. Mm. Yeah, that's why, you know, I said, well, who are you? Is because that's what I, you know, that's what I've always said is to friends of mine. They're like, how are you so successful and doing all of these things? And I say, I am playing the game. 
I what? know that I'm in this body. It's a biological spacesuit. This earth and everyone here is, this is not a school to me because my yeah. soul has all the information multidimensionally through every other living soul. We're all one. So if I need information, I can download it from another person if I shall need it. I said, what I'm doing is I'm playing the human experience through my acknowledgement of my quantum, phys- uh, quantum dimensional being. Yeah. And and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. Basically, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not resisting yeah. the things. I'm 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 observing them and deciding yes. when I want to put my when I want to get into the scene. So I look at it like I'm in a theater, right? And I was okay. explaining it to my sister the other day. I'm in a theater and I'm watching the show and I'm looking at it and I'm like, <laughs> ooh, I love that scene. And I go in and put my costume on and I'm like, and so what? What? difference does it make if I stand here or not? And then the person's like, but I can't believe you're doing this. And then I actually take my costume off and sit down and watch and watch the rest of the scene. Like I go in and out and in and out like I do in the dream world. Sometimes when I'm in the dream world, I'm in the dream running and I'm on this, this mission where I have to get this orb to a certain place to meet this emperor who's like got this magical power that they're going to distill me if I get the orb to them at a certain time. And then sometimes I'm watching myself running and I'm watching the scenery I'm like so I'm the witness and I'm the player yes yes absolutely that's so funny we both use that term and I I, I'll, I believe that that allows us to really flourish within this container because we're okay one more I just want to like bring up one more kind of perception that I have so um I relate this third dimension reality to like a video game Right. Oh my God! Who are you? Oh my God! We are we are meant to be in each other's lives. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm like I'm like literally fell out of the chair. I fell out of the chair. I'm literally I like I literally fell out of the chair. I, I did I did a drop. I did a drop for you. Um, okay, so there's three levels of the video game. So the first level is you are the player right? Like you are in the video game. You are the, you are the character of the video game. You don't realize that you're in the video game because you're in it, right? The second level, and this is so cool. I love this. Second level of the video game is you're the player. So all of a sudden, like you mentioned, you're watching yourself as the character in the video game and you're playing the game. You've got the remote in your hand and you see it on the screen in front of you, right? So that's kind of taking a step back, being objectively aware of, okay, I'm just playing game. Now the third level, and I feel like you and I are kind of dabbling in the third level. The third level of the video game of life is you actually become the programmer of the video game. You're not just playing it. You're not just in it. You're programming the entire landscape of it. So what is this next level going to look like? What are the challenges that I want to put myself through? What are the lessons that I'm going to learn? How am I going to move forward and ascend, you know, in this next level, right? So not only are you just in it and you are the character, not only are you just playing it objectively, but you're actually programming it. You're creating it. And that's when you get into really cool things like the Mandela effect and glitches in the matrix and space and time and quantum leaping. I mean, that's when you become the programmer. 
Okay, let's take a deep breath for a moment before because uh, first of all, I love you so much. And then we just take a deep breath. And let me tell you again, I love you so much. And then take another deep breath and tell you again, I love you so much. Okay, so basically, okay, so I've been an avid video game player. So I'm my so I'm 45 years old in this in, in this okay. embodiment. Okay. And I started playing video games when I was like, I would say maybe. 12 and the games that we played at that time was like this thing called Commodore 64 where you actually had to program your game before you played it. Wow. Um, yeah, it was very different. So you would have this book and you have to like put all these codes in that would take like pages and pages of codes. Mm -hmm. And then when you finished all the codes perfectly, you can push the button and then a game would start. And And then you play the game. And then, you know, so I've always been an avid game player. My girlfriend to wow. this day, we, we, we play games all the time. And, you know, and I always said to people, like, the stages of life, right, yeah. is literally, like, we look at it in the way we look at it from a shamanic point of view or a video game point of view, is that the witness, so you are the person who's, the dream, who's dreaming, who's in the dream, and you're, you're experiencing mm-hmm. the dream. Then you're the witness of the dream. And then you are mm-hmm. the one who's actually orchestrating the dream. And so what wow. I always say to people is that life is like a video game. Because, wow. we, so the fact is why I freaked out when you said it is because I live by this. That's why I play yeah. video games. Yeah. Because yeah. You, are, you are playing the game. Then you're watching yourself playing the game. And I do this all the time. Like sometimes I'll walk into an event and I know I get like anxiety around people. Mm-hmm. So I choose to pull myself out of player mode and into the like, out of the, the character mode and into the person yes. who's playing the game. Yeah. And I move myself like a character across the floor. And I'm like, hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. And it's wonderful. And oh, I love art piece and and people are like oh my god wow how did you do that and with that and, and the whole time i'm actually moving myself around the game board right <laughs> saying the things that i, I know are going to open up certain frequencies and energies yeah. and doorway yeah. consciousness to invite conversation that opens up doorways for me to move into different areas of the matrix mm-hmm. and you know and literally that's why a lot of my friends would when i was growing up when they saw the matrix movie they called me morpheus because i literally go in and i see what's going on in the matrix and i can see the players in the matrix who have powers that are ready to be uh restored Mm-hmm. And so I always see myself as the person who's there to show people the codes, how to write their code and how to restore that which is already there. And when one time when I was uh, studying religion and going through all my studies of different people's religions, living in Israel and all these different countries. And I remember being in Israel at the Welling Wall. And I remember asking God, like, who are you? And God showed me every single thing that existed in the universe, that it's all of it and, and, and more. And then at the and then I was like, well, how do you create? And then immediately the message came to me was that, that I got was, as you write the code, I project it. And, uh. and so I was like, wait a second. So I'm a code writer. So then immediately I started going through the Kabbalah and then I started looking at my old books in, in Egyptian hermetic and all the different hermetic laws. And I started looking at ancient paganism and all the things. And what I found was that all of those things that they're doing is, is, is inserting code. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're writing, they're actually writing code that actually creates the playing field, the video game. And literally, so I was like, oh, well, I can do this. I can write this code. 
So I started taking and learning from my family, the shamanism. And as they would teach me something, I was like, wow, that took a long time to learn. Why don't I take this whole thing apart and then rewrite the code for this, this, this knowledge mm-hmm. and then bring that to the modern world that they can understand and wow. be able to show them magic where someone can turn magnetic energy from their hands or become a Reiki master in a second or be able to activate, um, you know, their, their interdimensional powers or have beings enter the room and speak to them immediately or be able to open up star grids in rooms and feel the energy of the room change from ice to fire to wind to all of these different things. And all I have to do is take the knowledge that I've learned from shamanism, rewrite that old stuff because it's so boring and it's so old and it takes so long. <laughs> No one wants to spend all that time doing all of those things to, to get to where they want to go. So I just looked at it. It was like, oh, this code is really intense. This is like pages and pages and pages long. I can just rewrite the whole entire thing since I know how to write code. And I'll just make it a simple and make it a note card and then hand them a, a little flash card. And, and then all of a sudden people are like, how am I able to do this? Because I basically consider myself like a juicer. I'm juicing all the stuff from religion and, and, and the Quran and Hinduism and Buddhism and, 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 and all these different things and getting rid of the pulp that's unnecessary and finding the code that's right and then rewriting it to make it make sense to someone where they are today in their evolution. And the wow. fact that you said that, the fact that you said that is just absolutely wonderful. It's so incredible. You and I do the same thing in our own little special way. Um, And back in the day, all my friends used to call me Neo. So maybe that's our connection. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness. But I I feel like I do the same thing. And and what I call them is, um, instead of necessarily like codes, I call them DNA activations. So in in my videos, so I basically use words and I believe that knowledge sets people free right? So I believe that we need to understand something is the truth, even though that's a, you know, uh, tentative word. Um, but, but we need to understand the, the objective truth in order to start experiencing the truth that is right. So if you never even knew that ghosts were a thing or that spirits, spirits existed or that aliens existed, it's going to be very difficult for you to have an experience with an interdimensional if you don't even, if that's not even in your container of existence or reality. So what I do is I drop these nuggets of, you know, DNA activations in my videos and it's meant to open up and unlock that DNA in that person so that they have that aha moment and they start experiencing or unlocking whatever that thing is that's in the video, you know, such as glitches in the matrix or releasing trauma from past lifetimes or what have you. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite beautiful how we were both being very called to do that. And that's once again, giving people their power back, but it brings up a question. And I kind of want to ask you this question, if that's okay. You are so powerful and you give people so much, you know, information and ability to access. What is your perception on the responsibility behind that? You know what I mean? If you, if you gave a homeless person a million dollars and they ended up going bankrupt and getting into drugs, like how do you, as this giver and bringer of truth and information and unlocking and codes and what have you, what is your take on responsibility? Do you just put information out there for the highest good of all involved and you just hope for the best? Do you have healthy boundaries between 
you and the people that you give that gift to. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a difficult uh, fine line I find. Yeah. You know, I used to have that, um, a long time ago, I used to have a coven and it's really funny cause I was actually in my, uh, in my garden the other day and the, in the spirits, uh, the tree spirits were teaching me about how to identify elder trees and, mm-hmm. um, without having to chop them down to, to ask them to project their rings to me so I can know how many rings and what, how many rings look like to tell me which elder trees there are. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to, and, and, you know, and, and I'm in Norway right now. And so the, the, the trees, you know, were talking to me and sending me these messages and they're like, we know who you are. And, um, and I said, how do you know who I am? And they said, because we know who you are, because you come from the ancient world, you mm-hmm. come from the old. And I said, so what does that mean? They're like, they said, we know you, your essence tells us everything about you. We know every single person on this planet. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. And, you know, and what was interesting, when I used to have a coven when I was young, and the reason why I brought up the old trees thing is they told me I should restart a coven, but in a different way. So I used to have a coven of men and women that I would teach them magic. And not just the magic they read in, like, Wicca books and, like, I'm a white witch kind of magic. I'm talking, like, ancient magic where you're using the words that come from the ancient times um, and, 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 and being able to access real power. And it was interesting because, you know, one of the things that always would come up for me is that if I give this power to the wrong person, you know, will they become, will they, will they use it to hurt people? Mm-hmm. Will they, you know, will they use it to be corrupt and will they use it to do these things? And so for a long period of time, um, you know, I, that was in the back of my mind. And then one day I had a student, uh, what I call them RSs, Remembrance Students, to, you know, to was learning magic from me for about four years. And they turned into using it to manipulate and, and use their powers against people. Mm. And I felt horrible inside because I was like, I gave, I, I, I helped build them up and help and taught them the sigils and the way to access the, 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 the dead and do necromancy and how to communicate and how to access sacred tombs and all these different things to get into, you know, understanding how to, to wield these things. And now here they go doing all of these things. Right. And, um, and the message I got from spirit was all you are here to do is to present a buffet in front of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, them take what they want from the table and what they do with that is what right. they do with it. Yeah. And this is all we ever can do. Even as beings in, in, uh, they told me like, you know, in the light, all we can do is offer people information, codes, energies, frequencies, whatever it is. And then we see what humans choose to do with that. And we just love them unconditionally, but we never fight them. We never argue with them. We never bicker with them because we don't get into those, those types of human behaviors that humans love to get into to prove righteousness or, or being right or they need to prove that they know or this or that. And spirits don't get into that. And they said, so you don't either. Right. And it was in that moment I realized that I'm here to just to deliver and yeah. to bring and to assist and those and what I did do though is ask spirit to just you know to bring I created a spell 
um, that I did. It took me about five months to complete, but I created a spell so that anyone who comes towards me and wants to learn the, like, the deeper parts of magic, they won't be able to access anything I teach them, even if they take it from a workshop from me, if it's not coming from the purpose of them operating yeah. it towards um, liberation for humanity. Okay, great answer. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I feel the same way, but I definitely think that I still kind of get caught up in in that responsibility and that fear of, well, what if, you know, and then realizing that if it wasn't going to be me to present that information or that download or that DNA shift, it's going to be someone else, right? That's just in their contracts and they're going to do with that, you know, what they will. And there's nothing that we can do about that. And I think the more that we just kind of accept that, um, the more liberated that we become as a teacher as well, rather than holding back thinking, are they ready for this? What are they going to do with this? You know, and where is this going to go? Um, If if it feels right within us, you know, it's, it's aligned to whoever it is that we're giving it to. And a lot of the time, some of that negative reaction or taking it in a negative way is also a part of their contracts and their lessons that they have to go through as well. Absolutely. And I also believe that there's a point, there's a point where, where we have to surrender and hold the highest vision for humanity to choose to see the waters clean than, than dirty and polluted. You know, I, I, I think that if we hold the vision and hold the space, like I call it, like, you know, like, you know, when you go and you to a movie theater and you're like, I'm holding these seats for my friends, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's how I see myself. Like I'm holding this amplet theater for my brothers and sisters to join me and all the other beings that are there who are loving them unconditionally as we love them unconditionally their space for when they choose to arrive and it may be this season and it may be the next season and it may be in six lives it may be in 20 lives it may be in a hundred lives it doesn't matter because time is not what people think time is and so for being because we exist both in the spiritual and the physical in the spiritual understanding i understand it so i don't get frustrated with people if they choose to lollygag um, you know, or like go off and do whatever they want to do. I know I will see them again eventually. And that's how I always, you know, like I have friends in the underworld who choose to stay in darkness because they're not ready to go into the light because they don't want it. They, they can't take responsibility for some of the things that they did when they were living. And I visit a lot of beings in the underworld and I talk to them. I and I go through all the different levels. I go through the levels where they're self-torturing themselves and the levels where they mm-hmm. think they're in hell and the levels where they, you know, and then the levels where they're just hanging out like a city and they're all having fun and doing whatever they want to do and <laughs> talking and hanging out on couches and things. And I go in there and they have a lot of respect for me in the underworld because I'm not going down there being like, I'm here to bring you to the light. and You're coming with right. me now. I, you know, I'm like, if you, are, if, you are, if you are inhabiting a person's energetic field, I know that there's also a two-way street that that person is also allowing you to inhabit their field. Yeah. So I, I yeah. you know, it's a responsibility aspect and then I'll bring you to the light and, and mm-hmm. use my powers of alchemy to change you back to your original form. But when I go to the underworld, I'm talking with them and they're telling me like, yeah, you know, there was, I was a nun and I set a church on fire. I killed all these kids and, you know, and I'm just yeah. not ready to look, go into like stepping into that space of full responsibility for that yet. Right. And the, but they tell me and I listen and I'm like, look, I'm here whenever you want to come home. Home, yes. you know, I'm here. So it's like, I'll come back and visit whenever you say, Hey, I'm ready. 
then I will come and Angel Michael and all the other beings will, will assist you to help you to make your transition in a place of love and be able to bring peace to those things that you, are, that you experience when you had a human body. But, but I'm not here to force you and I'm not going to force mm-hmm. anything. Yep. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I take the same approach to uh, the afterlife and the different vibrational frequencies and those souls who are you know, stuck there as well. And um, it's, it's not up to me to transmute all of them, but if that's what they want, then I'm there for them. And a lot of the time they just need someone to listen to them, you know, and listen to their story and, and hear them out, you know? So yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. You know, you're amazing for being so young and having this knowledge and this wisdom. I, I really am I'm very, um, I just really want to say that because, you know, I, where I was when, at your time, at your age, when I was where I was at your age, you know, I felt very alone in the world yeah. because I, everyone else was like, you know, I, I mean, I was partying and going to raves and doing all that kind of stuff, but, mm-hmm. but still I was aware because I was in my training and knowledge and all this stuff was being brought through to me from all these different spirits because of my family background and, and who I am. But for you to have all this awareness and knowledge at this young age, I mean, it's so wonderful because you can help so many millennials and so many mm-hmm. beings to be able to hear your message. And, and I want to support you in any way possible to, to give you the platform to be able to, to voice that and to, to bring your voice in your teachings, your knowledge and so forth. So just let me know any way that I can support you. Um, if we need to do it, Instagram live or, you know, whatever events I have that I go on and stuff. And I'll also let other people know about you because I really am wanting to support women as number one, uh, to have, be able to have a voice and be heard, but also to support people who are fully present in, um, in their generosity of spirit to be a vessel and a channeler to allow themselves to be, because it takes a great deal of surrender, as you know, mm-hmm. to be able to be that vessel and for you to be at the age that you are to be that vessel has such a remarkable stamp of, of just honor and, um, and just, you know, I'm just in awe of, of, of your love listening to you. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I just want to say that it's such a breath of fresh air to also listen to you. And I think that the one thing that you and I do really well is, you know, and I always say this, that one of my superpowers is, is the ability to be human, right? Because we're just so real and grounded and authentic and, you know, and there's no pedestaling. There's no, you know, I'm wearing white because I'm pure. Like, there's no <laughs> right? Like, it just, it, it just, it really just, you know, there's, there's a lot of spiritual teachers out there that are so stuck and they don't even see how stuck they are in their own polarity. So it's really nice to have this conversation with you and, and to connect. And it really feels like you're a family member and we're connecting after a very long time. And it's very nice to have you in my space and energy again. So I will definitely present the same opportunity to you. Anything that I can do to help you out and and connect with you further. I mean, whenever you're back from, from Norway, it'd be awesome to get together and catch just kind of further discussions. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, I feel the same way. I feel very kindred to you. And it's true. Like I, when I see a lot 
of spiritual teachers wearing these like dashikis and, you know, strumming their mala beads and feeling <laughs> like, you know, and then they look at me and I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this. So I was invited to this thing called Conscious Life Expo or this Spiritual Life okay, Expo. Yeah. And they had me on a panel. And this is before mm-hmm. I wrote a book in America and stuff. The only book I had wrote at the time was in Turkey and it was in Turkish. And so I, you know, I'm on the panel and I sit down and everyone's trying to see who's the last seat belonged to. And all these other writers are there and they have all their books on the table. And one of the girls there whispers over to the guy and then I can hear them talking about me. And they're just like, who is he? And why is he on here? Like, where's his book? And you know, and so the guy, you know, I go, I can definitely hear you guys. I just want to let you know that. And I was, and I, and I was fasting for 45 days. Um, so I was kind of like, you know, going through this whole cleanse and, um, and, but I was like, so, you know, when you're on a cleanse, you, you don't want to talk so much. I was like, okay, I don't want to really talk and waste my breath. And the guy goes like, so do you have any books? Like, where's your book? Who are you, who are you, who are you with? And, um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any books or anything. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. And then he was like, well, I'm a Hay House. And this woman's like, and I'm Hay House too. And the other one's like, and I'm Hay House. And I was like, oh, that's just great. Lovely. You know, and then, you know, and then we started and the, and the person was, the one woman stood up and she was like, we the luminaries want to thank all of you for being here for this amazing conversation because we are the illuminated beings here to speak, to give you wisdom and all this stuff. And then it was my turn to speak. And I was like, I don't know anything about luminaries or luminaries or whatever the heck people you know want to call themselves these days i can tell you this look i did drugs i was an alcoholic i had i, I had a, you know i was uh, I, i've been addicted to, to to meth i've been i've done all this stuff everything okay i've been through this human body i rolled around in the mud i've done it all and i all i'm here to do is share with you my experiences and 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 if those experiences enlighten you to see the power that lives inside of you great Yes. And they all, they all looked at me and they were like, like seriously. And I was wearing my Metallica t-shirt. I had my Metallica shirt on and I had my jeans, my ripped up jeans and my cowboy boots. And they were not, <laughs> they were not having me. They were like, none of them would give me a hug. You know, like none of them wanted to like, they, they, at the end I wanted to give them a hug and they all just like were like not giving me hugs. And like, they just were like, you know, and I was just like, wow, like, wow. When did, when did, when did this whole pedestal thing start? Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. is this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I see it all the time in, in the conferences that I speak at as well, you know. Um, it's just, it's, it's so mind-blowing. And I hope that, I mean, even though we're in different generations, you're still young and you're still bringing in that younger crowd. And I truly believe that, you know, um, teachers like us are, who are empowering others are really changing the very traditional way of, of conferences, you know, and, and I've gotten the same thing. So where's your book? So what have you written? So what, <laughs> nothing, I don't know what, like I'm just here. Like, <laughs> so it's, just, it's really funny, but it's nice. Yeah. yeah. And even now, like I have a book out and still like people are like, so when's your next book? I'm like, how do you know I want to write another book? Right. You know, like, I'm not, I'm sorry. I see people putting out book after book every year, every year, putting a book, a book, a book. I'm like, no, you guys, like, I put out the book. It's time for y'all to understand the book. Maybe you should read it a hundred times before I put out another book. 
You know, I'm not going to move because you think I'm, that's what I'm supposed to do now that I put a book out. I'm going to move when spirit intuitively tells me to move. Yep. 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 Exactly. And I love that whole thing you said about intuitive eating because I call myself a Chigan because people are like, I thought you were a vegan. I said, no, I'm a Chigan. They're like, what's a Chigan? I'm like a cheating vegan. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You know, because we have to live real. And I'm so glad we're having this, this real to feel talk. Yeah, totally. Totally. We got to be real. Exactly. And, you know, maybe just to finish it off, um, it's really important that people realize that, you know, I get this all the time, people coming to me, well, you know, I haven't awakened yet, but I'm doing all the things. I'm going to yoga on Wednesdays and I'm meditating on Thursdays and I'm vegan on Fridays and I'm, you know, and I'm listening to you on Saturdays. And I'm like, what? No, (laughs) stop it. Stop doing all the things. Just because you're doing all the things in quotations doesn't mean that you're getting any closer to enlightenment. Actually, as a matter of fact, when you stop doing all of the things, you start to realize what the truth is. That's when you start to experience everything, which is also contained within nothingness all at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. As we say in Africa, ashe, ashe. Wow. Amazing. How can people get in touch with you, my love? Yep. So you can just Google Elizabeth April or ElizabethApril.com, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I'm out there. So uh, yeah, definitely check all that out. And it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, it's been so nice to connect with you. Yeah, it's been wonderful to connect with you too, my love. I'm very happy. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for being with us today yeah thank you so much for having me on of course bye my love really love the conversation that we had with elizabeth april uh because i think there's so many parallels between her and i which i thought were really cool but also for a lot of you You know, because how many of us have been bullied in school because we were different or unique or considered weird or we were nerds? We just didn't fit into the idea of what we were supposed to fit into in order to be cool or to be accepted. And truth be told, a lot of people who feel bullied or made fun of or told they're crazy or whatever are really the true geniuses and they are the true uh, leaders in the spiritual energies that are magnifying and amplifying on this planet right now. <laughs> Truly. I mean, look, here's the deal. I mean, we are at a point right now in our evolution where the whole idea of normal doesn't really sit in because the normal is basically all those who follow the rules and obey the matrix a system that was built to keep us in slavery and then basically put up uh, imaginary walls, which are basically programs that are coded to make you self-destruct yourself or take yourself apart or become a consumer or buy into anything that they tell you to buy into, react to anything they tell you to react to. So I think, you know, what I love is that Elizabeth April found out that she was unique but she wanted to fit in and have friends. And so she got into sports and athletics, like a lot of us do. And between 14 and 16, she had a good home life. You know, she had friends, but she was missing the most important key element, which a lot of people miss and which is so important. And it's that spiritual self, right? 
Because you can exist on the planet in your physical, you can exist in your emotional, you can exist in your mental, but if you don't have the spiritual, you're not replenishing the mental or emotional or physical with new information and data and technology. So the old technology, which is whatever you've been given since you were a child and going along in life with and analyzing and associating ideas and concepts based upon things that you were taught, but nothing new, nothing outside of the boundaries of that intellect you're basically running old programs and you're running an old faulty system. And that system was built to keep you a slave. Now, what I love is that she knew that something was off. But in order to get to that point, she went through a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. And I mean, how many people didn't go, you know, go through those things? I mean, I went through suicide, depression, anxiety. I even tried killing myself once, ended up in a hospital, had my stomach pumped, had to go you know, sitting social groups, been put in stray coats. I mean, you name it, I've done it. And all for the fact of just realizing that something's seriously off with this world. I always felt something's off with this world. Haven't you, since you were a kid, like just stepped back a little bit and was like, what is all of this? And how did I get here? And why is it solid? And why are things like this? And why do I have to go to school? And why am I being forced to do this? And why am I getting in trouble for just being a kid and playing? Yeah been there done that right so again what i love is that you know she was going through these experiences of depression and anxiety and what do you do you look for the authority figures you look for authority figures such as your parents you know teachers uh anyone who's in a high position that they should know better than you and and even her priest and they all gave her blank stares and literally they were operating from this place of like not really understanding her instead of being open to her. And so she was led with just, you know, just a lot of, you know, disappointment at the end of that journey of asking these authority figures. And then her dad, you know, who is Catholic, but also opened up and shared with her past life regression. And, and she began to step into this new profound way of experiencing things because she got to see these things. And so she stole her dad's book and started practicing herself and putting a lot of uh, people and her, you know, herself through these experiences. And how when she looked at her life, you know, all her other lifetimes with her dad, she noticed that she played many lives as a giver of information. And she knew that that was her true purpose. So at 18, she went to university and she started sharing a lot of these ideas and techniques with friends and waking people up and her psychic powers began to open up more and more and more. And I, and I always think it's beautiful to tell and understand that level of, of anyone's story or path, because there's this moment when we as human beings step into a space where we don't realize that everything that we've been going through and everything that we've been through is leading us to becoming the most powerful, amazing being. A lot of times people will say, oh, you know, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And I'm like, you wouldn't be asking that question if you were actually living authentically to what is feeling right versus what is not feeling good. So you're not going to find your purpose by people pleasing and you're definitely not going to find your purpose by constantly sugarcoating everything to make it look good so you can be comfortable right when in truth you're just sitting in a a bed of nails because you're pretending like you're in this comfortable place but you're not 
and you're not paying attention to those uncomfortable signs because those uncomfortable signs are leading you to the thing that you need to get led to. And so it's it's opening up this beautiful wellspring and pouring out and building this beautiful river for you to travel down with your conscious canoe and trusting in the universe. So you don't need your oars. So you can just get in the canoe and just trust that the spirits are going to lead you down that river of life where you're supposed to be. So if your canoe stops, you get out, you venture, you adventure um, to whatever it is, you know, so you venture and have an adventure into those things. And then also you come back and then you get back and you, when you're done with that whole experience, right? Cause that's what life is about experiences. You get back in your canoe of your consciousness and you allow spirit to take you down the river even further. So those places, even where spirit takes you, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you can't stand it, those places are necessary because they're building certain aspects of who you are. So if she didn't go through the depression and didn't go through the anxiety and didn't have these these feelings of being bullied in school and made fun of for being different and unique and truly amazing. <laughs> but at the time, we don't know that, right? And then having those experiences, which led her into the hypnotherapy, led her into what her father was sharing with her and then opening up her, her psychic abilities. So it's, it's this point of reference where we have to kind of step back and go, I need to stop complaining about all the horrible things that happened to me and really start embracing them. Instead of saying like they're horrible, to say they're just experiences. I've had an experience of this and I've had an experience of that and I had an experience of this and I had an experience of that. And I'm not going to put a judgment on if it was good or bad I'm just simply going to say it was an experience and I've, you know, here to remember why I set that experience up because there's something I'm here to remember. And so getting into that space of memory, right? It's not just the memory of the mind. It's the memory of the mind remembering the spirit and the spirit then being able to communicate to the mind and then the mind being able to communicate to the emotions and then the emotions being able to communicate to the body. And then everyone is in this beautiful harmonic energy and you're able to create your life and experience your life without these ideas of this is good, this is bad, but it's just experiences, right? So human beings are far more powerful and this is what she realized. And we are, we really, really are. We are so powerful that we are intergalactic quantum creators intergalactic quantum creators. Now, I don't know if you quite get that, and I'm sure you do, but for those who don't, I'm going to spell it out for you again. An intergalactic quantum creator is a person who is aware of their multidimensional selves existing in other dimensions, in other planets, in other universes, that whatever they're doing there is collecting and connecting with you here. And as you do here, you're connecting and collecting with them there. And so therefore, the more you begin to open up the wide span of your mind, meaning the more you're able to, to really create a strong conscious canoe that can go down the river of life, right? No holes in it, right? Just this beautiful canoe, right? And so you get to open your mind to this, this vast available information, technology, code, you know, everything that's there. But in order to do so, you have to completely abandon 
this part of yourself that feels like it needs to be right about what it was taught from the matrix and get into a space of realizing that you just have to be an open channel. And that's what Elizabeth did. She became an open channel. It wasn't like someone said, you better channel or else, or if you don't channel, this was going to happen to you or whatever. And this was like something taught to her in school. So she like easily applied it in her life. No, it just came from a point of true surrender. You see, when you surrender and stop fighting yourself is when you're actually really willing and able to see the powerful being that you represent. How amazing is that, right? So the fight is this aspect of your being that is holding on to the, to the walls of the pool, that's holding on to looking for safety and security amongst a world that it was lied to um, by authority figures and constantly pushed into forms of oppression, depression, um, subjugation, fear, lack, limitation, and worry, and you know, and an idea of fear of annihilation. So the consciousness that your creator can kill you, destroy you, your family can hurt you, and this person can do this, and you can lose everything, and you can lose friends, and no one can love you, and you'll be all by yourself on an, as an outcast. It doesn't seem really comfortable for the brain because the brain's whole purpose is to keep you alive. And because your body's made up of all these different types of like microbacterias and fungi and all this interesting like living organisms, right? It's intelligent and it knows it doesn't want to die. And so it will affect your body in some way by sending messages to you that can generate fear over things that are pretty not really necessary for you to have fear over but you choose to because you've been taught to by a system that wants you to have fear wants you to react wants you to do these things but the moment you surrender and the moment you open up your channel to just be a witness an observer of information and technology and code oh my goodness you will hit the jackpot and when I say hit the jackpot, I'm talking like literally Vegas style, pulling it down and seeing it go, all the lights go off and it's just like ding, 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 ding. And you know why? Because your brain will realize that where it's been sending information through your synapses, there's all these other pathways, other rivers that it can travel down with the canoe of consciousness, right? So it can travel down these other pathways. And when you travel down these other pathways, you're actually traveling in the universal pathway that connects you to other beings, um, other dimensions, other experiences, other feelings, other words, things that you and what you've been taught by a system that wants to make sure that you are indoctrinated or subjugated and domesticated like an animal or the way we treat animals on this planet, Right it becomes this prison that you're in and you don't even think you're in it because you think because you're not in a prison because you can take a vacation and go on an airplane and fly somewhere. Anytime you're in a prison is when you're being forced to do something with an or else or this horrible thing can happen or something bad will go wrong or you know something will go wrong or something will go bad, you know, any of these type of things. Like So any kind of fear, um, suggestion, or any kind of fear, demise, like anything that you would fear something really bad going to happen, that's fear. 
that means that you are being subjugated by some unseen force that is literally sucking you to believe that your intelligence is not intelligent enough to overcome or outsmart or outwit whatever is out there waiting for you to take you down or make you feel like you don't belong or to do any of those things to you, right? It's, it's, it's really interesting. And it becomes like this self-fulfilling prophecy because you begin to start believing in the reality of what you're experiencing instead of stepping back and going, wait, the reason why I'm having this reality is because I'm choosing this reality because some part of my being is choosing it. And I think the key element would be is to surrender and then get into this space, right? It's always about the space. It's like, how do we create that, that, that space for ourselves as we're creating that space for our friends, as we're creating that space for our family or our loved ones? Or, you know, our husband or wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you know, uh, it's like creating that space that, that, you know, it's like an informational highway, but you're creating a space for the highway to flow. And all you're doing is you're not analyzing with the knowledge and information that you got from this world or that you garden from this world, but you're actually taking it in by observing it. And just being witness to the experience of it all. And then that's when the real knowledge comes through. And that's what Elizabeth did. It's like she got to this point in her life through the depression, through the sadness, through all of these things. And just realized like, you know what? This is not about me. This is not about me. It's not about Sean Durek. It's not about, it's not about glorifying ourselves. This is about being the messenger this is about being a channel. This is about being open to technology and knowledge and information and code that I can take and then present that to the people. And that's it. And so that is literally what she does is take that information and then deliver it to you. And she's not here to debate you. She's not here to like smack you across the head and say, hey, you know what? You should know better. I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to tell you that you're a bad person because you chose not to meditate or you didn't go to your yoga class or perhaps you didn't choose to practice in remembering your shamanic skills. I'm not here to be like, oh my God, you should have done this and I know best and da 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 da. No. And that's not her role either. Our role is to hold space for you to see yourself as this limitless being who has limitless potential and capability to be able to open oneself up and navigate other rivers that you were told not to go into because if you did it would mean you're this with a label or you'll lose this or this will be taken away from you or this person will punish you or god will punish you or something will come in and get you we don't really know what but they say it will come in and get you the point I'm making is if we operate in this way, right? And we continue to operate in this way. And then everyone keeps thinking that there's going to be this ascension and then we're just going to wake up and, you know, and trot a la di la di la. You're going to all of a sudden be in the fifth dimension. Well, newsflash, you won't. Because this planet is either going one way or it's going another way. It's either going into a spiral regeneration right which is literally creating it as a star kingdom 
operating in the consciousness of unconditional love, acceptance, and freedom, liberation, and bliss, ecstasy, joy, and pleasure. Or it's going to spiral the other way and go into more lack, oppression, depression, control, fear, subjugation, and domination. And the question is, who would be doing the dominating, right? Because the thing is, you would think it would be people in your government that's dominating you, or maybe it's your social system, or maybe it's the police in your neighborhood, or maybe it's your parents, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. But in truth, they're also being dominated. So your politicians and your governors and whoever else it is that you put up on a pedestal of authority. And when I say put up on a pedestal of authority, what I basically mean is this, is that you're giving them some level of power over you, either by their intelligence or by the fact that they're in a position that gives them that authority. It's like, it's, it's clockwork, you know? It's like your teacher speaks to you, you don't speak back. You do as you're told or you want to get a good grade. And that's pretty much it. Your parents say something to you, you don't speak back. And if you do, you get in trouble, you get spanked, you get, you grounded, you get time out, you know, there's all kinds of things that parents do, you know, and it goes on and on and on, right? But these people pretend that they have the information and the knowledge that governs you having the best life, which in fact, they don't. And the only thing that can actually give you that information or actually bring some level of clarity to you, which is can be really high level of clarity because no one doesn't, no one gets into clarity without going up high in that clarity, right? So you're talking like 85% frequency clarity in your being where you are just fully blazing clarity in your consciousness, in your whole entire being. That level of clarity gives you the ability to see and perceive new ideas out of new structures that were never created before. So it becomes this beautiful, what I call kaleidoscope of creativity. And the energy of it is so powerful. That's why I call it lit, but it's like lit on, like you become like a litty committee lit leader of legacy because you're actually going outside of the comfort zones of those who have been told to be enslaved and to follow the rules and do as they're told or else. (laughs) We've all heard. And the thing is, That doesn't do anything because if you don't know how to get to a space where you can actually open up and surrender and say, everything I've experienced and everything that I've been deeming as good or bad, let's just say it's not. Let's just say that all the beatings I went through and all the drug stuff I went through and all the alcoholism and all the things that I experienced, was it really bad? I wouldn't say it was. I would say that in fact, it actually has created such an awareness of self, um, of people, of addiction, of, you know, a lot of things. I mean, the plethora of information that was gathered by embracing it, accepting it and stop fighting it and bring it closer to my heart and my soul so I can transmute it and then lift it and shift it out of my being and then utilize the energies and the frequencies to create Uh, understanding of wisdom and technology that gets built by spirit as I'm going through the process that I would think if I could say is bad or horrible or just unfair to changing it to being it's just an experience. And if we step into that space, right? And so it's really realizing that. And like Elizabeth said, it's like, as humanity awakens, we are affecting other beings out there. So we're not only just affecting ourselves, we're affecting everything and everyone, even when you don't think you are. So like if you do throw that Coke can out of the window, 
you may think it's, oh, it's just a Coke can, Shaman Durex, not making a big deal about it. I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, well, okay. The point of the matter is, is the Coke can being thrown out the window has an effect on the planet, has an effect on the people of the planet, has an effect on the people and the energies they're sending out to other parts of their multidimensional quantum being. And before you know it, the ricochet effect, well, you see what we're going through right now on planet Earth. So you can only imagine what that ricochet effect is really getting towards. Because one ricochet, two ricochets, three ricochets, it keeps growing and growing and growing until it becomes such a huge energy surge that affects the planet in such a way because it literally shuffles the energy frequencies of the planet and the people on it because it creates these contraction, these waves, these energies that need to go out. So when you are in this channeling place, this open place, this place of like, you know what, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to really look at things without sugarcoating them or people pleasing or not wanting to say something bad about my mom and dad or not wanting to say something bad about whoever it may be. Instead of realizing, let me just get it out. Let me just get my, let me activate my shadow who is really my light and who's been holding all my junkery for me until I'm willing to, to truly step up and take responsibility, which means the ability to respond, which we all know, right? That level of energy and that level of consistency that comes through when you actually go, oh my God, I'm actually going to observe this experience instead of putting all these labels and attachments to it. I'm going to step in and observe the experience and realize that whatever I'm going through, no matter how bleak and dismal and how uncomfortable it is, if I just embrace it with observation instead of analyzing it with my analyzed eyes and get into a space of that, that's how we literally can see how we're affecting everything in a global, interdimensional, intergalactic, you know, way. So... You know, as humanity awakens, we, we're stepping into that space of mindfulness. And the mindfulness aspect is like, hey, you know what? Like, leave it better than you found it. So if you meet a person, leave them better than you found them, right? Because we, like Elizabeth said, we are at a tipping point and we can truly co-create a reality we choose. Now, the question is, are we willing to do so? Are we going to complain that other people aren't doing it? We're going to get upset that people aren't being fair because you're doing all of it, but they're not. Well, that's not how you create change by making other people feel bad about themselves. And in fact, you create real change by pulling yourself off your high horse and your pedestal or your righteous conqueror or whoever it is that you've become to make people feel bad about the fact that they're throwing Coke cans out of the window and not doing downward dogs. But really get into a space of embracing, accepting, loving, and understanding. And that's how you create change. Because what you do is you show through example. This is an example of what love can look like for you. I'm going to demonstrate to you in my own life, unconditional love and acceptance. And you can choose to reflect that and bring that into your own life or you can choose to reject that and basically create something completely different it's your choice so the key element is realizing you know what is the point for you when does it become enough like how much is enough for you for you each and every one of you who's listening how much is enough like what is it going to take for you to truly be happy and do you even know what that is or what that looks like and do you know what it means for you to be able to create prosperity and wealth? Do you even know what that looks like and how that shows up? 
and all of it, right? And so it's the key element is like realizing that, you know, we have to move beyond what we call the status quo of the idea of comfort for the sake of slavery and get into a real deep relationship with ourselves and these questions. Like, for instance, distraction, right? That's what the matrix uses to keep us from ourselves because it knows the more we stay away from ourselves, the more we stay away from God. And the more we stay away from God, the more we stay away from our power and we're easily manipulated and easily subjugated and easily put into compartmentalizations and then put to work. Distraction is the number one separation from source and self. And Elizabeth is 100% right about it. And I'm going to back it up like there's no tomorrow. Because we have to realize that the system uses all forms of distraction to keep us, our energy, or what we're building in that awareness of truth, of love, of energy, acceptance, and play, and joy, and ecstasy, and bliss, and all of that good stuff all of that yummy, yummy stuff, and then bring it into our lives as a functioning lifestyle choice to always choose to have pleasure, to always choose to be happy, to always choose to, to be a person who leaves person better than you found them. I mean, it doesn't take that much time to figure out a person when you're talking to them for at least two minutes, how you can compliment them or you can tell them something beautiful that's showing up in their life. Like one time I went to a party and I was talking to a bunch of people and I told this woman, I said, you know, I see a lot of money coming in your life. Everything's turning around. Things are looking good. Things are feeling good. And just I just see you just getting this check and everything's going to just shift and change. And it's going to just open up a whole new world for you. And literally, like, that's what I said. And she's like, well, how do you know? I'm like, because I know. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she contacted a friend of mine who knew me and was like, oh my goodness, Shaman Dirk was right. Like all this money came you know, it was an inheritance from a family member and they left me a million dollars. And I was like, there you go, right? But again, like, was it me creating the million dollars because I was saying those things to her? Or was it me just speaking truth of love, right? Keeping that openness there and then allowing spirit to dance with that openness and create another bigger space for something even greater and more grander to show up. So we get to co-create and we do get to create our reality. And the question we have to get into ourselves is, you know, what answers do we have for the things that are really showing up? Because a lot of times we keep looking for other people to tell us everything. And then we become these very codependent, um, you know, just codependent people walking around the earth. And that doesn't do anything because the matrix can spot a codependent person like, like, like miles and miles away. And bird's eye view actually to be exact and they will basically hunt them down and create all types of things to get them to feel like they're not really that codependent but they really are instead of them going in and finding out the new understandings of technology and energy and healing and conscious thought and philosophy and education and all the things that we could be improving on on our planet start pumping through the consciousness because the spirit is like hey i've got so much resource for you i'm just waiting for you to get rid of your distraction and get rid of this part of you that believes that you're not enough and that you're not good enough unless you do X, Y, Z, but really get into a space of, I'm so good. Like, it's like people want to line up and give me gifts because that's how good I am. And that's enough to be good, like good, like, oh my God, you're the good person, but good in the sense that I'm taking care of myself, loving myself, being selfish with myself so that I can give to others. 
and also making sure that I'm holding space for people to be in their power. To me, that's good. Now, what's good for you might be something completely different. But the key element here is to answer those questions, right? And get rid of this whole, like we, we really got to have this like strong spiritual vote for every living being on the planet who's choosing to evolve. This whole hierarchy nonsense that we do, like where we put people up on pedestals and we treat them like, oh my God. And we get all like, ooh, and ah, and ooh, and ah, and ooh. And all of these things for what? For a human being who went to school, who took a poop on the toilet just like you, who eats just like you, who sleeps just like you, who gets broken heart just like you, goes through everything just like you and just has different experiences than you because they are them and you are not them and therefore your experiences are different, but you're still going through similar things. And so why do you need to put that person on a pedestal above you and then size yourself up to them over and over again so that you can just constantly beat up on yourself and tell yourself how miserable you are about your life because you don't have this or you don't have that or this or this, 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 that, and that, whatever the other thing is. And who knows what that is down there, around there, up, up and around the corner. The point I'm making is that this or that or whatever it may be limits you from stepping into your true intuition. That intuition is intelligent. And I love how Elizabeth said that even her diet is an intuitive diet. It's intelligent diet. <laughs> Go figure, right? Here I am like, you know, doing the Omai, doing a little bit of Chigan, which is basically cheating vegan and, you know, doing little things here and there to like, you know, maintain this awareness of like, yeah, I can do this. You know, I'm not going to go out there and like slaughter a bunch of animals and stuff, but, uh, you know, it's like kind of finding the balance as well. But so it's, it's, it's just for me, it's just, you know, spirituality is hypocritical and I just, I don't even know how to put it to you. It is, you know, so if you like, like looking at someone, you're just like, oh my God, you're supposed to be the spiritual being and you're always on Instagram, but that's not how you show it. Or like, oh, you're this like person who's all like into nature and everything. Every time I see you out, you're wearing like a, you know, some kind of like high fashionista outfit, whatever. You're not as who you say you are. And then you get mad at them and you project it on them. And look, people, here's the deal, tribe. Spirituality is contradictive. Because the fact that you never know which way spirit is going to ask you to bend, to move, to shift, to tilt, to roll up in a ball, to this, to that, and the other. And yesterday you could have said, you know what, I don't like rolling up in the ball. And then spirit says to you today, you need to roll up in a ball. And you have to look at all your people and all your family and be like, oh my God, yeah, I'm rolling up in a ball. And they're like, wait, you said you would never roll up in a ball. Are you like, how can we believe you if you're not sticking to what you say you're going to do? Well, newsflash, spirituality is a contradiction. A big one, huge, super huge, very huge, like astronomically huge. The point of the matter is, it's about staying in that space with yourself. Being in that place with yourself allows you to see that there is no spiritual hierarchy and everything that Elizabeth talked about and everything we talked about, about opening up those channels and getting that space and moving into a different awareness of what is possible and what's out there, including our brothers and sisters who might be existing or us existing on another planet somewhere out in space. And that we are just a mirror reflection of one aspect of ourselves to another aspect of ourselves. I don't want to get too much for you, but let's just simply say all of the many different aspects that we exist in and simultaneously are waiting for us to find a way to connect. And that can only happen when we expand our consciousness and open ourselves up. So again, you know, I'm really happy to have Elizabeth April with us in um, ancient wisdom today her knowledge her wisdom her expertise just the beauty and the love and energy she shares and the realness and the feelness is just dope af 
and lit, truly lit. And that right there is worth everything. So I'm so happy I got to share with you a little bit of the recap that I felt were some very important things to speak about with you, tribe. So I love you. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others. Your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit.